0: listening to the Faithful Plate Podcast, a show that exists at the intersections of food, faith, family, and everything else in between. My name is Siad Wells. Thank you so much for listening, for being on this journey, and having this conversation with me. It's a lot of fun, and I really appreciate it. And we have a, another first on the show, if you couldn't tell by the title. And today I am going to share with you an interview that I did with Sarah Withrow King. Sarah is an amazingly beautiful person. We've come to know each other through my involvement with Creature Kind, who graciously and generously sponsors this podcast for my project. And she is the co founder and one of the co directors of that organization. And in today's interview, you will hear us talk about food, her writing, and all sorts of stuff. So without any further ado, this is an interview between myself and Sarah. Withrow King. Thank you so much, Sarah, for talking to me today, for letting me interview you for the Faithful Plate podcast. I really, really appreciate it. And for those of you out there who are listening, um, Sarah, if you could give us an introduction to who you are, what do you do, and uh, what do you like to eat?
1: (laughs) Yeah, Uh, my name is Sarah Withrow King. Uh, My job title is co-director of Creature Kind. Um, Who am I? I'm a person who likes to do the crossword puzzle every day. Uh, I can't eat anything until I've had at least three cups of black coffee. Um, I really enjoy cuddling with my dogs, but I really don't like dog hair. So it's a little bit of a catch-22. Um, and, uh, I work from home in Eugene, Oregon, uh, and this last year, my kid has been here every day,
0: all day long. it a lot of time together.
1: So much time. Well, no, he's not spending time with me. He's spending time with his friends. It's It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a developmentally appropriate relationship at this point. Oh, good. Yeah. Um, my favorite, what do I like to eat? <sighs> I like all the things. Mm-hmm. Um, I think i describe myself as a picky eater. I do tend to um, eat the same thing for lunch every day. At the beginning of the week, I roast a bunch of vegetables and tofu in the oven. And then I divvy it up. Um, so like That's
0: the most vegan thing I've, ever you know,
1: it, I even put, I even sprinkle nutritional yeast of on the, tofu when do. it comes out of the oven, <laughs> <laughs> so, so dumb, <laughs> but like on Saturdays I have junk food Saturdays and yeah. my most common junk food Saturday, um, track lately has been to get an impossible Whopper from Burger King. Okay. So I can roll. Yeah. <laughs> um I really like carrot cake. I just like all the food. I don't buy potato chips because I eat them all in one sitting.
0: I love potato chips. It's definitely my number one favorite food probably.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I'm really proud of myself because I bought these um I bought these Justin's dark chocolate peanut butter cups. Mm-hmm. um to have as a snack food for this like writing retreat that I took recently and I still have two of them left out of the bag it's been a week and I still have two and this is like I I feel like I want a medal or a gold star or something for this, yeah I, I, they are so like sweet and creamy and delicious and perfect perfectly balanced delightful little treats and I did not eat them all in 24 hours so
0: am giving you a gold star because thank you. I would they would have not lasted nearly that long. Thank in you. My house. Thank you very much. Yeah, I wanted it's the, you brought up writing, and I wanted to talk about what it's like for you to be a writer, someone who writes about uh, animals and theology, and also about food, and yeah, and I really think that vegan angelical is the best title for a book that I've ever encountered (laughs) and just like I just want to know more about it.
1: Begangelical was the second title for that book the first one was um I think it was called I think the first title I I came up with was Becoming Jesus People for Animals and I'm really glad that the publisher asked me to change it because Begangelical is way better um yeah I mean I think that I think that I think that writing is one of the ways, um, that I connect with people, um, and I think that that connection with people, uh, is transformative, um, you know, when I thought of what I, when I wrote, I wrote, I've written two books. Um, mm-hmm. And the first one was like my graduate thesis and it was uh, put into book form, animals are not ours. And it, and it, and it was really just um, me interacting with a lot of the ideas that I learned at seminary about uh, theology and about our, our places, our places humans in the, in the story of creation. And, in and, and what that meant for us now, and particularly what that meant for people who have a, bit more of a, you know, quote unquote, progressive theology. Um, you know, what does it mean to have a theology of the body um, that also includes a- animals? You know, what does it mean to think about animal bodies? Um, what does it think about? What does it mean to think about um, you know, environmental justice and to include um, factory farmed animals in that in that scheme? Um, and I'm proud of that book. Um, and, and the second the second book, Um, who was, my, my dad had, my dad, who is, um, you know, uh, he's 30 years older than I am, um, you know, would consider himself a kind of um, centrist um, person, I think, um, but very much, uh, very much grounds himself in the scripture. Um, so my dad had a lot of notes on the first book, um, cause he doesn't, he just doesn't ascribe to a lot of the kind of theological suppositions that I was making or the, the you know, the, the people that I was talking to and with in that first book. And so when I went, sat down to write the second one, I, I really just wanted to, I, I really wanted to ground it in, um, the scripture story that I grew up with, right. That like, mm-hmm. we are, we, we are created, um, we are created in the image of God, Um, And uh, we are called to steward um, the earth well, and Jesus asks us to love our neighbors uh, as we love ourselves. And so if we just take those very fundamental concepts that most Christians would sign on to um, and examine, you know, how we're treating animals in light of those those realities, you know, uh, God created the world, uh, made us in God's image um, and asked us to steward the earth and told us to love our neighbors. What does that mean for how we're treating animals, um, given you know, in our current context, especially, um, and in that that being a US, you know, year 2016 at that point, context. Um, um, and it's, you know, I think, um, I've been, you know, I I first went vegan in the year 2002. um, And um, yes, some of y'all weren't born yet. It's fine. (laughs) I am middle aged and very proud of it. Um, uh, I first went vegan in 2002 and I started working for the animal rights group PETA shortly after that. Um, And I spent a solid 10 years you know, having a really difficult time articulating, um, what my faith meant for my ethical beliefs. Like I, I sort of formed these, um, beliefs about, um, you know, n- whether or not it was okay to eat animals and, or to use them in scientific experiments or to wear, you know, leather or wool, um, to buy a dog from a breeder, I kind of formed these ethical beliefs based, based out of how I had been raised as a Christian, right? Like, Mm -hmm. like I have, I had this, this fundamental identity as a follower of Christ um, and a a very strong, um, you know, strong relationship with the church, um, you know, uh, and, um, and with God. Um, But I, I, I struggled for a decade to articulate these ethical ideas about animals in, in theological terms, you know, to think about, to, I struggled to be able to talk to other Christians about like, you know, what does it mean to be Christian in in relation to farmed animals Um, and, and and to not fall into the kind of trap of, um, you know, cherry picking particular verses that I liked or that's, or, or, and ignoring the ones that I didn't or, um, or, or making sort of these broad, generalized statements about what it meant to be Christian in relation to animals that really could just apply to any good person, <laughs> you know, right. Um, right, like, you know, be merciful. Well, okay, you don't have to be Christian to believe that you should be merciful, right? Like, that's not a specifically Christian idea, Um So, so it was really hard for me to be able to talk to other Christians about animals and about my day job. I just, I, I felt and I, I ended up feeling really, really divided and really, um, you know, I just felt split into, like I had my, my one foot in a sort of animal rights camp and another foot in church camp and the two camps never had a camp play day. I don't know. Maybe that metaphor doesn't work anyway. Um, and, and so I, I decided to go to seminary specifically because I wanted to read and write and, and look at what Christianity specifically had to say about animals. And I wanted to be able to articulate, I wanted to be able to articulate that in a way that resonated with other Christians that didn't just sort of satisfy animal rights activists, who you know, who I love and respect, but, right. um, but you know, how, how do I, how do I talk about this to folks who don't. Who, who aren't already on board, who don't buy into these things that I've, you know, that I've begun to ascribe or subscribe to. Um, and, and and I think what I learned at seminary and and how I learned to um, read the scripture and, um, and talk about the arc of the scriptural narrative, I think really was a benefit and helped me to be able to do that.
0: When talking with people who... May not be Christian, but who are animal rights of activists? What is that like for you to say, "Oh, you know, my my views on this, um, my beliefs, my ethics, are informed by my faith"? Like, is it is something that people understand? And then are you like, and then go read my books, or you know, is it is it a really easy conversation to have? I think
1: it's a it's a bit of a mix. Um... I've also, you know, I've been I've been kind of steeped in church people um, for the last five years or so. Mm. Um, so I've had, a, I mean, I've had a pretty big shift myself, going from talking almost exclusively to animal rights people to talking almost exclusively to other Christians. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but um, part of the reason that I wanted to start, you know, part of the reason that I wanted to start Creature Kind, and one of the things that I wanted. The organization to accomplish um, was because I had this experience again and again and again um, when I was working in in you know in the animal rights movement of of meeting um, people who didn't believe or, or people who and who had never believed um, or people who um, had grown up in the church but who had who had walked away from it um, because there was a perception of and their experience was that. Christians just didn't care about animals, right. Mm -hmm. Uh, That in fact, we were deeply hypocritical, like the the church was deeply hypocritical about, um, about animals. Um, and so, you know, uh, my, some people, uh, some people, when, you know, they learned that I, uh, that I, when they learn or learned that I am Christian, um, (laughs) surprised, you know, I didn't know (laughs) that, people cared about this issue is a very common refrain even now and even among church people right like right i get a lot of we get a lot of messages from church folks who are like i didn't know other christians cared about these these things i did not know that you existed i thought i was the only one and i think that that feeling of i thought i was the only one um is so that is just crushing um i think you know christian christianity as a faith meant to be um meant to be one of community, right? Like Mm -hmm. we're in community with creation, we're in community, we're in communion with our creator, um, we're in community with one another. Um, And if somebody feels ostracized from that community because of uh, a passion or compassion that they have, that's a cry and shame. Um, And ought to send a signal to, you know, to those of us in leadership, especially to say like, what am I doing? That's, you know, that's creating this, um, this hostility or this in, uh, this lack of hospitality for, for these, for these folks. Um, so, um, some people are surprised, uh, <laughs> other, I remember the question, I promise. Um, I, I think other folks have, um, e- e- oh. One of the things that I was really able to do, um, I think, was to dispel myths. Right, like um, the myth that Christianity the Christianity doesn't have anything to say about, like Christianity has a lot to say about animals. Um, Christians themselves and the church, while they have been party to um, uh, a lot of uh, a lot of suffering, um, there's also a, a, a fairly strong um, historical record in the church of, of animal protection. You know, the very, one of the very first um, organized animal protection movements in the UK was started by, um, you know, a group of people including William Wilberforce who had faith as their primary um, motivator. You know, So there's a this, there's this strong history in the church of, of animal care and protection of stewardship. Um, the Bible has a lot to say about animals. Um, and I think there are a lot of tools within Christianity that, um, that can speak to the kind of hopelessness, especially that folks who are working for, um, for, for justice or for, um, to, to reduce suffering um, can experience. Um, you know the 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 community and hope and promise of you know restoration and reconciliation um, offered by the gospel message is, um, I think, can be really encouraging for folks who are are willing and open to accepting that message. So, part part of what part of what Creature Kind wants to do is be able to be a a, a support for those folks who are, um, you know maybe even on the verge of leaving their church or leaving the church entirely, you know, giving up on God, um, because they've, they've become so frustrated and we really want to say, no, there's a place for you. There's a place for you in the body of Christ. There's a place for you in the church. Um, and, and, and this, um, this passion that you have for animals is from God and beautiful and, um,
0: and, and, uh, and holy. Why do you think there have been so many myths or what do you think has been the downfall or lack of communication amongst christians and the bible in terms of you know yes there is space for you to be christian and to care about animals so i can only
1: talk about that from a like from a particular perspective right like i was raised Mm -hmm. white evangelical um in the u.s (laughs) starting 70s you know like I'm a very particular social location um and I think what I observed and what I've noticed is that there's you know there's a there's a kind of level of um overall complicity that the church participates in just because um we're you know we are wherever the church is um for many of us we are part of a broader culture right like we're Mm -hmm. we're we're a we're part of um, the place, we're part of the places where we live. Um, and in the US, um, in this time and space, um, the vast majority of our of our of food, particularly, uh, you know, animal products especially, um, are, are produced um, using industrial animal agriculture, right? Like big like pigs and chickens and cows and turkeys um, are raised and killed in particular ways. Um, And the church has, um, you know, has not, for the most part, the church has not resisted the rise of industrial agriculture um, because a lot, like the vast majority of our culture hasn't resisted the rise of it, right? It's, it would be like, you know, it's, it's a, it's really trying to swim upstream. Um, So, so there's a, I think there's a level of just, just cultural, complicitness right this is this is the world that we live in um uh it's it's not hard i think to sleepwalk into complicity with that with that world um into complicity with um you know uh the many many cruelties that come along with industrialized agriculture you know and not just cruelty to animals but um you know uh uh, the suffering that, that workers in the farm, in farms and slaughterhouses endure, the suffering um, that, are, that is endured by neighbors of these facilities, you know, whose, whose land and air and water are poisoned by them. Um, you know, for folks who are simply consuming the products of that industry um, and who, who aren't taking part in, um, who aren't taking part in it directly or affected by it directly, Mm-hmm. Um, it's pretty easy just to think oh this is chicken like ch- buying chicken now is the same as it like it's just always been this way and we don't we, we forget that actually it hasn't always been this way right like right right mcdonald's is what 50 years 50 or 60 no oh gosh i'm very old now mcdonald's is not that old like, <laughs> you know um, factory farming wasn't born so to speak until the 1920s or 30s um and didn't really start to take off until the 1950s. So it's a it's a relatively new way of eating um, that that we have um, that we've created. And for those of us born, you know, after that, or were raised after that, it's just a just how it's always been. So part of I think part of the church's failure has just been a, a, a broader. They're, they're part of a broader culture, and the broader culture has failed to to, to combat this way of of producing producing food, raising animals and producing food. Um and then I think there are some fundamental biblical misunderstandings and misinterpretations, right? Like mm-hmm. the Bible's lots and lots of ways the Bible has been used to <laughs> abuse and oppress and and keep, you know, keep certain people down and raise other people up and, you know, wrongly interpreted over many years and um many, many, many things, uh, you know, just just looking at the word dominion is one way, you know, how you translate that word has a profound effect on the word dominion in in Genesis, you know, how you translate that one word in the creation story has a profound effect on how, um, uh, on how you view yourself, how we view ourselves in relation to God, in relation to the other world, right? So like, if you, if if you're if you're interpreting dominion as like domination um as some people do versus um dominion as i think Ellen Davis calls it mastery among you know um, um other folks have a have a more um you know i think Ellen Davis uses mastery among um and i think um, i can't remember the specific i can't remember the specific translation now which just which is going to bother me um but like you know, uh, Randy Woodley in one of his books has, a, mm-hmm. has this image of, um, of you know, it, it, this image of a triangle with humans at sort of the peak, um, you know, the apex of the triangle um, and all the other sort of creatures and, and creation below that. Um, it, 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 and, and the apex of the of the of the triangle isn't just a human; it's a white male landowning human, right? And everything right. everything that's not a white male landowning human comes below. Um, and that's very like that's a very particular kind of imagery that's really dominated. And um, you know, next to in his book, next to that triangle, there's a, there's a circle, and it's you know, human h- human frog t- tree chicken pig cat like you know, uh, like we're one among them, the community of creation, um, you know, cre- creature kinds name comes in part, you know, my, my co-founder, uh, David Clough says that, you know, there are two kinds of quoting Bart, I believe, um, uh, says that there are two th- kinds of things or there, there's, there's God and there's God's creatures. We're not God. So we're one of God's creatures, you know, we're, we're creature kind. Um,
0: mm.
1: and that, that kind of, um, you yeah, know that kind of shift in our understanding of even just one word can make all the difference um in how we how we behave towards one another, how we treat um, and how we treat the the, the planets our home and the, the creatures that we we share it with. You know, like I I don't really I I'm 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 the least outdoorsy vegan you may ever meet. <laughs> I do not like camping. I do not like the sun. Um, I don't like I'm allergic to literally everything outside that like if it exists in nature, I am allergic to it. Um, and so, but, but, uh, and I'm terrified of bees and flying, but I mean, it's ridiculous, but like, um, you know, I started to try to shift my understanding about what it meant to be human on this planet. And uh, you know, I, take spiders outside now, <laughs> you know, I, growing up, I would smash the Dickens, <laughs> I would take off my shoe and smash those spiders, you know, or any other creepy crawly that came into my house. And now it's like, no, no, I'm in the spider. The spider belongs outside. And, it, you know, it's so small. And it's, it can seem so insignificant. But I found that that's had a, like a rather profound impact on how I view myself and how I view my place and how I view like, you know, this, the sanctuary of my, you know, quote unquote, my home on my mm-hmm. land, like the, like the spiders were probably here first. They'll, <laughs> they'll be here way after, <laughs> like, like um, you know, and they eat the mosquitoes. And so
0: now but. I'm thinking in my head, um, you know, in the, in the carpet, sometimes my cat will be like looking at something and I'll yeah. go like, what are you looking at? And she's like, smacking or swatting at these little like caterpillar things and I and now I'm like oh I should take those outside I'm being fed like a little bit that's a little bit of a this is the,
1: this is the this is um one of the difficult one of the ethical dilemmas of domesticated animals though right because right, your right, cat right. is getting such joy right. <laughs> out of that <laughs> out of that process and yes The caterpillar is probably suffering a great deal, like traumatized, maimed, but the cat's joy is increased. So it's, you know, it's a funny, (laughs) it's just a reality of living in that, you know, already but not yet world where where we have a promise of reconciliation, but a reality of suffering uh, for the moment. Um, Yeah, so, you know, maybe every other one, maybe you could do a 50% decrease in your cat's joy, but a 50% increase in the caterpillars quality
0: of life yes long live the long live the caterpillar <laughs> put that on a t-shirt yeah <laughs> i would buy that t-shirt creature khan is uh and has been since i've known about it been wow. just like this this really bright spot i think in a really dark world <laughs> at some point since, since, since i found Aww. out about it and Single um so it's, so it's been so it's been great uh, how long was it from you know idea to you know filing your ten ninety nine. Yeah, we're going to talk paperwork. <laughs> huh?
1: How exciting!
0: I do I do work in a nonprofit, and uh, so I'm I'm just always curious. You know, like how long did it take you to yeah. really like formalize and think about it, and uh, not to get too in the weeds. you know, in the weeds. But or I mean, and this is less <laughs> in the weeds. But do you feel like you're carrying out your mission?
1: Oh yeah, yeah. Um, so I, w- when, I finished, when I finished seminary, um, I went back to work for a year at PETA to try to start a faith outreach program through an animal rights organization. Um, I did not find that to be a very satisfying fit. Um, at, at that point, I thought I have all of these, like I can, I can walk into um, a church organization's doors, um, as a peer, as like a, as a, as a, as an, as an ally, as a companion along this journey. Why would I be throwing rocks from out, like as an outsider? Like, why would I place myself into an outsider kind of organization when I could, like, be doing this from from a specifically Christian context, which would give, which would be so much more well received. Um, so I left. I left um, for the last time. PETA, and um, and I went to work for uh, Evangelicals for Social Action, uh, Mm -hmm. which is now Christians for Social Action, Um, and I and I I had a job with them um, that didn't take me a. It was like it was a full time job, but I'm very fast, and so it didn't take me full time hours. And my boss said, "Well, you know, you, you can work on you know the animal stuff in your extra time."
0: The animal stuff.
1: I know. Yeah. So I um. I had become aware of David Clef's work. Um, he wrote a uh, systematic theology, a two-volume systematic theology on animals, um, and uh, and I was really impressed by his work. Um, and I, I stalked him at a conference. <laughs> all all good working relationships stalk or start with stalking somebody at a conference. Um, and um, m- met him and was really. Uh, Like just touched by his genuineness Mm -hmm. um, and, and demeanor. Um, And I ended up sending an email to him and a few other people that I knew who were, who were, who had been trying to make, um, you know, had been trying to make some headway in the sort of Christian and animal space. Um, And he was one of the very few people who wrote back and said, I have, this, I have this idea. I would like to, you know, I, I've had some modest success talking, having conversations within my own academic context. Um, I, I, I think I'd like to work, um, you know, in, in this couple, these couple of areas, you know, trying to get other Christian organizations and other Christians to, to, um, to, to talk about these issues and to make, you know, f- food pot like changes in how they are eating. Um, and we had a Skype meeting and then two months later, uh, I, I had built us a website and, and, we, and, we, and we were launching, we were launching at the, con, you know, one year later at the conference that we met at um, the previous year. So it, the conversation to like, here is our project um, was just a couple of months. Um, and we've been so, so fortunate to have um, uh partners along the way um you know both both in esa and then at, a, at an organization called um farm forward and another one called better food foundation um that have supported us financially um and uh and um so that was in 2016 and we filed our we filed our irs paperwork um, early in 2020 um, and, and uh, got our determination letter in July of 2020. Um, So, so we worked, you know, we worked under fiscal sponsorship for about four years um, Mm -hmm. developing, you know, programs and relationships and kind of testing some things out. Um, You know, like uh, we were at first really focused on working with institutions on changing their food policies and practices. And after a couple of years of having those conversations, we realized that, well, a lot of schools in the UK um, and a lot of institutions in the UK are absolutely ready to make um, institutional changes and institutional commitments. Schools in the US are not there. Um, mm-hmm. Like th- theological schools and, and Christian right. schools are are it, it's a much it's going to be a much um, a much longer road. Um, and so we've started to you know ramp up our awareness raising you know efforts just just getting animals on the agenda trying to uh trying to get um christian institutions and organizations to talk about you know talk about animals to talk about where our food comes from to have those conversations um and um and yeah so you know we have this we have this the the benefit of of um some financial stability <laughs> which is great um and it lets us it lets us i think do the work um, that we know we need to do which is to be having you know a, a lot of the animal a lot of the animal i was raised you know i was sort of started to work in animal rights when i was a very young person and um, A lot of the philosophy for the animal rights movement for a long time has been just to like try to get as many people as possible to hear some part of your message and to repeat that again and again and again, and eventually something will click for them. And I think a fundamental difference for us is that we're really interested in being in relationship with people, right? Mm -hmm. Um, we, uh, We want to really, truly, really and truly meet people, institutions, organizations, where they are and help them figure out what the next step for them is, right? There's no there's no universal, um, like, uh, right way to act um, when it comes to, uh, you know, taking action on the on these particular issues, right? A, a church in um, in Topeka is going to have a different call than a church in Portland, um, and that's okay. Um, you know, one denomination is going to have a set of of uh, uh, values uh, you know the, the the Mennonites might want to respond differently to this than the Methodists and that's okay right so
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, uh, we want to help catalyze conversations whatever that looks like um, and we want to help people um, at these organizations and institutions figure out what is the next best step for us to take um, and how you know h- how can we answer this call to um, to to to, to care for the whole of God's creation, um, uh, in, in our context.
0: Yeah. Do you, or what do you see as the future of creature kind? I mean, it's now, uh, you know, its own (laughs) nonprofit and, uh, officially from the IRS's perspective and, and not only that, but just, you know, it's, it's been five years and I'm sure that you all are strategically planning. Uh, (laughs) yeah definitely I'm really
1: good at strategic planning and not just reacting to things in my inbox absolutely 100% do that um yeah I yeah we're you know officially we're not even a year old um and so so that's been fun but we have staff now and everything that's great one full-time two part-time staffers and a, a few contractors that's fabulous um you know, we have a very, we, last year we launched, uh, the, uh, the creature kind fellowship program, which, mm-hmm. um, which accomplishes a lot of our goals in one program. Right. That's so, right. Mm-hmm. um, it helps, it helps equip people in their own context. It helps, um, uh, uh, further the understanding of what it means to be Christian in relationship to animals. It helps, um, uh, to, it, it helps to create kind of, you know, Ambassadors for animals, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, uh, and it also provides um, people who are animal advocates with a with a group of um, of of, of like minded folks to to connect with um, and helps them connect to us as well. So um, that program is is um, starting its second year, um, and uh, we. So, so our task is to, I think, now for the next few years, is to, um, in a post, in a quote-unquote post-COVID world, uh, <laughs> really, really start to dial in on what our educational programs look like um, for for a mass audience, um, um, and to really be strategic about, um, uh, in particular, about uh, our par- you know, our partnerships. Um, and expanding, um, be, being strategic and intentional about um, about working with um, grassroots organizers, BIPOC groups, um, in particular, um, farm and slaughterhouse workers, um, to be in, in really good conversation with the folks um, who are, uh, you know, on the ground as they speak. One of our one of our one of our tendencies has been to um, you know, we were founded by a girl who likes to read and an academic. So, (laughs) so so we've been real wordy, (laughs) which is great. And, and, um, and I think, you know, uh, the written word, you know, we were talking about earlier, the the written word is one really important way to make connections with people. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, But we, we also want to explore other, other ways that, um, other ways that we can be in partnership with and connect to and help people, um deepen their understanding of uh, 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 uh of animals um and and, and cr- christian theology and animals right and, right right um yeah i mean i i could show you the work plan i have for the year um <laughs> in our broad
0: goals but i don't know that it would be that interesting <laughs> <laughs> i'm sure i'm sure whatever it is it's, it's going to be great you know whenever it happens Yeah. 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 yeah, I think like, you know, being a part of the fellowship for me was like a a really transformative experience in that before I knew about the fellowship, I felt like I didn't really know how to be involved or like where to meet people Mm. who were like, you know, concerned about the same things or cared or were willing to talk about them. And so it's been that way of, yeah, like equipping me, but also like giving me the community that I think I needed especially because we were virtual <laughs> yeah so we had we had to be we had no choice um, yeah so
1: it's a really fine it's a really fine balance I think um because and, and you know my my experience this has been my experience um you know I, I'm I've never I've never been a part of a church that is vegan (laughs) or vegetarian (laughs) I mean I spoke at a seventh day Adventist college once that was awesome um but like uh you know there's never been a small group that was completely and like that was going to animal rights protests right like that's Mm -hmm. not that was not a part of my church experience so you know and, and and every sermon not every sermon but sermons would often have you know um, analogies or stories that I didn't love about the pat, you know, the, the pastor who goes hunting or who, <laughs> he, you know, describes the first time he kills a goat in Kenya or something along those lines. And it's just, you know, it's uncomfortable. And it's not like, uh, you know, it's, uh, <laughs> uh it, there can be, there can be deeply uncomfortable, um, wow. uh, situations. Um, but it, And for people who feel really passionately about about animal issues, um, those can feel like, you know, the the meat at the potluck or the um, sermon analogy that, you know, um, includes a story about animals or whatever um, can be really difficult. And I don't wanna downplay that at all, right? Mm -hmm. Um, At the same time, you know, um, there's no better person to talk to that pastor um, or those congregants than the one they already know. <laughs> right? <laughs> right. Like, right. Like, um, uh, a- a- Amy in Indiana is going to have way easier time talking to her pastor about, you know, the possibility of maybe, um, having fewer meat dishes at potlucks and how can they strategize than I will, right. Than stranger mm-hmm. Sarah coming in with her agenda. You know what I mean? <laughs> Um, yeah, 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 yeah. With my anal rights, you know, uh, um, so, so how can we, you know, what, one of the, one of the tasks that we have in front of us is to provide, you know, to provide strength and support and community for folks who may not feel like they get it in their immediate context, but to not be the sole, to not be the sole place where they're Mm -hmm. plugging, where people are plugging in with the church, the big C church, right? Right. Um, local, local, local faith communities um, are incredibly valuable. It's really important that we, as Christ followers, I think, be a part of a faith community, um, and and um, and engage even when that community, um, you know, does this normal cultural stuff that we find to be really
0: frustrating i was gonna ask you like what advice do you have for the lonely person in the middle of nowhere but you just said you just said, you know. <laughs> i mean yeah. really though it's just to you know like you are the person who's gonna change you know
1: yeah the change yeah maker, probably yeah like i was a part of this church in norfolk for a long time and um after you know i uh they after a few years they started um advertising, like they said, okay, look, like we recognize that, that, um, there is a community of people, um, you know, in our church neighborhood that is uh, vegan and vegetarian. So we're going to start advertising that there's a vegan and vegetarian option at church meals. Like that was step number one. Like they had food available for us on Wednesday nights. Um, uh, and, and like it wasn't like it was a secret. <laughs> like, like, you didn't have to know the secret handshake to get the food. The food was just there. Um, you d- just went and asked for it, you know. Um, uh, and then after a couple more years, um, they asked me to help them write like a creation care. They wanted to do like a creation care plan for the church. And they asked me to help write it, which meant that, yes, I was going to talk about recycling and whatever, but also, (laughs) also we were going to talk about animals and like, um, and you know, that whole time, you know, I was volunteering with the youth group, um, helping out with the middle schoolers because middle schoolers are the bomb, um, and singing in the, you know, worship team, um. Like I, I was showing up for other stuff that wasn't a, driven by my own particular agenda, but right. that was just being a part of the church life. And I think that's, you know, I think it's, it's possible for most of us to do that. And I think it's 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 good. It's good for us to do that.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I definitely look forward to the time when that's possible or, or thing again. I mean, it is, it is yeah. for some people, but, you know, I think we also have to find a community of people yes. who's like, will, ready to listen sometimes and ready for us to talk and-
1: Yeah, or, or find a group, you know, cause when I started, I mean, when I started at that church, like I had to be part of it for a few mm-hmm. years, right? Um, wasn't like, it wasn't like they were all ready to go the day I walked in the door, you know, newly moved to the city, right? Like <laughs> <laughs> it, it, uh, it took a couple of years of me just being a part of the congregation and having conversations. And then I knew, and then, you know, I knew they were ready Um, and they knew me, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I think we don't give ourselves quite enough credit sometimes. Like we are, we are, are we're like, oh, this is going to, this is bad. I'm not going to remember. I don't remember the details of the story, but I believe it was, was that Moses who Mm -hmm. who was struck dumb and couldn't? talk to, or was it his brother? I can't remember. Oh, this is bad. This is very bad. Anyway, we have a voice, right? Like we have a voice. We're able to use the voice. God has called us to use this voice. Um, and I think how we use it and when we use it, um, is sometimes something that we could be a little bit more strategic about, um, uh, you know, and uh, allowing uh, relationships to form kind of naturally, and then to to not. I think one of the great challenges of my life is to ha- is to not feel quite so anxious about things changing quickly, right? Like I want right, change right. now. Mm-hmm. I want to see the world better now. And um, there's this uh, prayer uh, that's a, it's called the Oscar Romero prayer, but it wasn't written by Oscar Romero, and it talks about um, being the prophets of a future not our own, and that we are, um, we are, we we are the people who plant the seeds and we water them, but we do not make them grow, um, uh, and that we are workers, not the master builder, and that perspective shift, you know, reading that prayer um, eight years ago had a profound effect on how I viewed my work um, for animals. Um, because there is a tsunami of suffering every single day. Yeah, I want to stop it as soon as humanly possible. Um, But I have a particular place and a particular role in this world. Um, God has not given me the entire problem to solve, right? I have relationships to build, conversations to have, and that is the end of my work. Um, And Sort of recognizing that I can just be, and be in relationship, and that good things will
0: happen as a result of that is enough. That um, yeah, I pencil drop, you know. I <laughs> thought it was so good. That was so good, and I, I really appreciate. <laughs> highlighter really, drop at least. Highlighter drop. Yeah. yeah, yeah I feel like don't, I don't make much know, noise. Just a whole like a whole sermon <laughs> in a few sentences there oh lordy well uh thank you so much sarah for for talking to me for indulging me in my questions and in this conversation and you know thank you for starting creature kind with with david and (laughs) and you know having the program and and doing all of the work that you do i think it's really important and
1: um well i shout out to alini my co-director of course yes really does all the program work. I just get the insurance. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> I may have started it, but she makes it go. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I hope I hope she's listening and I hope she hears <laughs> that we are so grateful for her. Yeah. And all yeah. of her work. So.
1: Yeah, 100%. Right, it was my pleasure you. to talk to you. Yes, I anytime. You.
0: That was an interview between myself and Sarah with Roe King. I hope that you enjoyed it. I'm really glad that she was willing to speak with me and that she entertained all of my random kind of questions. And so Sarah, if you're listening to this, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. I have a few more interviews to share with you over the next several episodes before this season of the show wraps up. So be on the lookout for those. They will be releasing weekly as all of the episodes have been so far. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate it. I appreciate you. And we'll be back with another show pretty soon. Thanks so much for listening. Bye bye. Thank you.